Welcome to an update uh, version for our Consider This. Uh, we're going to go back and take a look real quickly at um, podcast that came out number 39, uh, asking the question, is God a divine child abuser? And uh, that podcast, actually, um, Ryan Vincent, the mastermind behind much of this, uh, decided to, to kind of link Gunger to um, our podcast, and we were kind of pleasantly surprised that he almost immediately, uh, before I even had a chance to re-listen to it, um, he had already kind of clicked in. Which, by the way, did you know when Ryan was doing this that he was doing this? No. I okay, no me neither, man. But that's... I got to. Ryan kind of does. I mean, let's all be honest. Ryan does what Ryan wants yeah. to do. Yeah. So well, he's I'd very been... considerate. He's a great part of the team, so I don't want to throw him under the bus. Um, like, like he did to us when he linked Twitter <laughs> to our podcast, or linked Gunger's Twitter account to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting, literally, I was at home and uh, talking to Andrea and say, oh, there's a there's a thing from, from Gunger. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's another one. There's another one. There's another one. There's another one. So I think by the time he was done, was it 14? 20. 20, okay. 20 tweets, yeah. 20 tweets, which is the problem with Twitter. We, this could be done in like seven seconds on yeah. Facebook, yeah. but instead, since we've all gone to Twitter. Um, but anyway, what we want to do is just kind of let you know, here's what he said. You may have been following it and just kind of address some of the issues because um, although we weren't trying to specifically critique him, it was something that he said yeah. that kind of sparked this. Yeah. So it's not like he's you know, dragged into this uh, unassumedly so. No, he has some strong opinions that we strongly disagree with. And so I'm just going to read to you. You can look at it on the internet. Actually, it's on his Twitter feed. Yeah. So you can pick it up there as well. But uh, we've kind of put it together so you don't have to try to read backwards. Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Somebody needs to help Twitter figure out how to organize their material. But so instead of you trying to read it backwards, I'm going to try to read kind of carefully um, his thoughts. And these are his response. And then Drew's going to kind of share with us some final thoughts and we'll be We'll be done for this short episode. So uh, Gunger says this, thanks for sharing. I wouldn't normally listen to something like this, but you all see sounded intelligent and reasonable enough. Which wait, stop right there. <laughs> Just so people know, we, <laughs> spoiler, we did not convince Gunger of much. We didn't change his mind on anything, but the one area where we managed to deceive him <laughs> Was in tricking him into thinking that we were intelligent. intelligent. So it's and, our one and, small victory. Okay, and reasonable. And reasonable. <laughs> okay. All right. um, okay, so then he continues. Um, I thought you did a decent job of representing my critique of PSA, and PSA is penal substitutionary atonement, so the idea that Jesus died in our place for our sins. He said, as, as to your three things uh, to tell me specifically, which I think he misassumed, that we were directing these at him per se. Yeah, yeah. It was more like he he ascribes to this, and yeah. so he gets dragged into I did, it. And I did say if I could talk to Gunger, I would ask him these three oh, okay. questions. Okay, so that's which that's is I, I think: Are you understanding the Trinity properly? Yeah. That this is all God working together. Um, are you understanding wrath as something that that happens when sin comes into contact with the Holy God, not God just losing His temper? And what do you do with the scriptures? Yeah. Those, so those are the three things. The three questions. Yeah. So he says, as for those, number one, I didn't use the child abuse language. I don't see God and Christ as separate entities. My issue is not with the child abuse aspect, but, like you pointed out, God needing bloodshed to forgive as why that's in the Bible. I would answer that the same 
that the same as why the Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek. So what he's saying there is, is that the Bible becomes culturally yeah. linked inseparably. And so what he's what, yeah. what he's critiquing is, listen, the Bible described that way, much like it had to pick a language, Hebrew and Greek, and therefore it's trying to tie um, how God deals with sin and how God deals with forgiveness in a socially um, uh, kind of fixed in time point. That's right. And we've moved beyond the point. Yeah. He's if, saying that the reason God uses substitutionary atonement language is because that's what the people already believed in then. That's yeah. what they assumed. And so God spoke to them that way. So it's a culturally conditioned thing. Yeah. And therefore you can step outside of it. Okay. So Gunger continues, quote, um, it was written in a specific time and location with a specific intention in the context uh, of a culture that does assume bloodshed is needed, like you pointed out. It's understandable and even beautiful to show that bloodshed is no longer needed because of the cross, which is kind of an interesting... Yeah. If it's... Yeah. Um, to build a metaphysic of God as a being who needs appeasing is where I think... Uh, the Protestant and relatively young PSA doctrine falls short. And um, the idea of the substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ, um, as Drew's going to point out here in a second, let's just, it was it was formally written down and commonly argued beginning in about the 12th century. Um, but Drew's going to have more to say about that. But that's what he means by relatively young. He still means 800 years. Yeah. Okay. Um, he says this, I do disagree with your transactional view of forgiveness. Forgive them, for they know not what they do, quoting Jesus' words from the cross that is found in Luke. Also, I think this version of atonement, what we believe that Jesus died in their place for our sins, fails to connect God's sovereignty to sin itself. As for sin, it is not that I don't think sin is a big deal. It's who it's a big deal for. It's a big deal for us. I don't see God as some being out there that can't be around sin. In him, we live and move and have our being. Another quote from scripture. Sin and all. Where could I flee from his presence? That's also what I mean about failing to connect your view of sovereignty to sin. In your view of sovereignty, how could people be blamed for their behavior if God is the one in control? Yeah. End of quote. So that's kind of where he's coming from. So, yeah. so Drew, what would what, what what did you you know say about that? And so, yeah, I, I respond in kind of a few ways, and I'll see if I can briefly get it, and then maybe we can touch on a couple other things with it. But uh, after getting those tweets from him, I I sent back to him with just kind of three things that said, you know, first of all, I, I did. I thanked him for being kind in his response to us, being gracious. Sure, sure. We didn't didn't expect him to even listen. I didn't even expect him to even know about the <laughs> podcast. Um, but he took the time to listen and respond to us, and was kind in his response. Response. So we thanked him for that and then just said, here's here's kind of where we're coming from. Um, we see from front to back, the scriptures talk about the idea of bloodshed for forgiveness and sacrifice. Christ, uh, the prediction of it, that, that it was prophesied and then it took place and it was foreshadowed in animal sacrifice at the beginning, that from beginning to end, that God saves us by the sacrifice of of, of specifically Jesus Christ. And so it's not just a metaphor or word picture that gets thrown out. There's nothing in the language that leads us to that. It's the consistent picture used in very plain, natural reading of the scriptures. And I said, if, if, if you're saying that God was just taking 
uh, this idea and speaking to the people in their language, then, then we have a problem because um, Gunger himself says that this idea is horrific and evil. Those are his two sure, words. Sure. And so I said, I, I have a problem with you believing that God was taking a horrific and evil idea to communicate himself to people. That he sure. was describing himself in evil ways that weren't really true. But this I'll is work kinda with how, it. Yeah, I'll work with it. That I just, I don't see God ever doing that. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, I said, it is true that the Bible says that because of the cross, sacrifice, bloodshed is no longer needed. But, but the testimony in, in the Bible, specifically I think of Hebrews 10, is that the reason bloodshed is no longer needed is because Christ's bloodshed was so perfect and eternal. So it, Hebrews doesn't say, now that Jesus died, we can get past this silly, archaic idea of bloodshed. He says, no, Jesus was such a perfect sacrifice yep, yep. that it covers sins for all time, and we have no need because his bloodshed was so beautiful, perfect, great, all-encompassing. Um, and then lastly, I said, even though you kind of hit on it, the, the idea, the formal articulation of substitutionary atonement may go back to the 1200s. But actually, when you look, it is uh, all the church, like Christians have been believing this and articulating this um, throughout centuries, including Justin Martyr, yep. who's, who literally was born 10 years after the New Testament was completed, was talking about substitutionary atonement. Uh, Augustine in, uh, in the 4th century, uh, the epistle to Diognetus, I believe, is 2nd yep. century, yep. Yep. Uh, the epistle of Barnabas, all these things, I mean, all the way back, Christians have been talking like this ever since the New Testament was written. That's what they saw, and it's consistent. So. Yeah, well, and I always find it interesting when people want to talk about, well, these are relatively new ideas. Um, not only did you explain it well, that it was there, and then it becomes maybe more clearly articulated, which is about so many issues. Um, how the Son and the Father are one is something that the church, the Bible teaches, and then the church talks about. So there's a difference between yeah. it exists and it's being created. What I find somewhat not just even a paradox, but I mean a downright contradiction, is when Gungert is talking about we need to move beyond this because culturally we have moved beyond this. He is obviously then implying that these newer developments, that these deeper understandings provide incredible new insight and we can change everything. Mm -hmm. So on the one day, and he's like, hey, let's just kind of check this, this PSA idea because it's kind of new. Mm -hmm. 800 years new and probably actually not new. Um, and then he's offering us a new idea on let's get rid of the idea of it. And I want to say, well, I mean, it seems kind of silly that somehow you're talking about the progression. God's tied historically into a particular context, um, and yet we're, we're free to now think about whether it's our sexuality or whether about how God deals with sin in new and enlightened ways. Yeah. It's like, well, you got to, it's, it's, to me, to be, there's, a, there's a consistency that I would call, I would call them to. So. Yeah. yeah, because we wouldn't say, well, when God talks about him being loving, um, in the Bible. That was just kind of the way they believed back then that God adopts us as sons and daughters. That was just the way they talked back then, but we don't really have to believe in that believe now. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we would, no, we want to, we want to hold on to that metaphor to that because it's more than metaphor. It's reality. Yeah. And so let's be consistent throughout scripture and hold to all of it. Anything, but. Okay. We're going to keep this short. So, yeah. um, any, any kind of final, final, final last thoughts, Drew? Um, I don't think so. Uh, if, uh, Michael Gunger, if, if you're listening to this, if Ryan comes and tweets you again after this without me knowing. Uh, Just ignore him. <laughs> no, truthfully, I, we really are thankful for the time he took to listen to us and respond and, and hope we're given an adequate or an accurate 
uh, depiction of his beliefs and stuff. So Yeah, and the part that I'm actually kind of excited about, too, is the fact that we are trying to answer this, both respectfully to him, but also we feel like we've got an obligation to our people Yeah, um, to not label Gunger as X or Rob Bell as Y or, you know, whoever as, as, as something, but definitely holding on to these biblical ideas and trying to be good stewards of the faith, yeah. of, of the sound faith. Uh, that we believe, um, and so I'm not uh, I'm not Gunger's final judge. I'm nobody's final judge, um, but as church leaders, we're also responsible to address some of these things. So that's what we've tried to do here. Hope we've done it in a way that is seasoned with grace and is kind, um, that is accurate to the scriptures, uh, that fits with the orthodox view of the church, um, and that uh, in all things we're striving to be at peace with all men as much as it is up to us. So we'll leave it with that. Hope you've enjoyed the update, and we'll see you next time on our Consider This.